We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice. You like that? All the relationship advice you don't <laughs> want to hear. All the relationship advice. <laughs> My name is Sierra DeMulder. Uh, and I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who finds their friend's partner deeply annoying. But before we begin... <laughs> We just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we definitely are not. We are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this or accredited in any like real special way. Uh, So please take our advice as you see fit as a supplement. Uh, We are only here to offer our our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, I'm going to dive right into today's letter. It's from bad friend whose pronouns are they, them, who is writing to us from The Void. Dear Sierra and Sam, I, a 28-year-old non-binary person, have been best friends with someone we'll call Maeve, 28 she, her, for almost 20 years. Woo, 20 years. I love that. That's a lot. Maeve has been in a relationship with her partner we'll call Benny, 28 they, them, for 10 years. Before meeting Benny, Maeve had dated only one other guy in high school for a few months. She met Benny at the beginning of their freshman year of college, and they began monogamously dating for the first seven years of their relationship. Three years ago, in the midst of a quarantine, they decided to open up their relationship. The decision was not entirely a mutual one, but rather one that Benny imposed upon Maeve. Benny had fallen in love with a guy they had been gaming with online and told Maeve that they needed to date this guy right now and wanted to be in a polyamorous relationship with both him and Maeve. When Maeve's emotional response to this news did not change from distraught to celebratory after a few days, would anyone's LOL, Benny kept interrogating her as to when she was going to get over this. The situation unfolded in such a way that made me really start to worry about Maeve. 
This pressure and urgency from Benny was highly triggering to Maeve and upsetting for me to hear about. Something Maeve kept saying was that she felt as though she had ruined their relationship by not being able to get over her hurt feelings fast enough. I told her that she hadn't ruined anything and that it was unfair for Benny to pressure her into being polyamorous, especially right after revealing they were in love with someone else. After lots of discussions and eventual apologies from Benny, they both agreed to try incorporating polyamory into their relationship. Fast forward three years to today, Benny is still dating the gamer. Maeve is dating a married couple and exploring other parts of her queer identity. And she is also engaged to Benny, who proposed on our friends group beach house trip this summer. They are going to get married next year. And here's the thing, Sierra and Sam, I am not excited about it at all. In fact, I'm dreading it. Not only do I highly dislike the way Benny went about opening up their relationship, but I admittedly have also found them incredibly irritating to be around for the last 10 years. I have tried so, so hard to be a good friend and to put my feelings about Benny aside And I've even tried to challenge myself to be more accepting of them. But to be quite honest, I simply cannot stand to be around them. Benny is the type of person that likes to talk and talk and talk. And they leave no room for others to participate in the discussion. And this happens constantly. A chill friend gathering will quickly turn into a history lesson about medieval England. And I often feel as though I have no choice but to leave the room. Sometimes Maeve asks Benny to wrap it up when they get carried away babbling about something or other, usually historical facts. But many times the entire friend group ends up trapped in a lecture they feel too guilty to put an end to. I try to tell myself that Benny isn't my partner and that if I love Maeve, I need to support who she wants to spend her life with. But the fact is that she's spending her life with Benny makes me feel like I'm stuck with them for life too. The thing is, I have no idea what to do about this. I don't feel as though I can tell Maeve any of this because one, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Two, Benny isn't my partner and I'm not marrying them. And three, I feel as though I don't have a real reason to have a problem with them. Yes, I do find them annoying. And no, I don't really agree with the way they impose polyamory onto the relationship so forcefully. But Maeve seems happy to be polyamorous now and seems to be genuinely happy and in love with Benny. Sierra and Sam, What do you think I should do? Should I talk to Maeve and tell her the truth about how I've been feeling? Do I continue to try and tolerate Benny and leave the room when I need a break from them? I find myself dreading their wedding, and this thought makes me feel like a terrible person. I don't really want my best friend to be unhappy at all, but I can't seem to genuinely throw my support behind their relationship with Benny. I've talked to my therapist, a friend, and my partner about this, and they all seem to think I need to work through my own feelings about disliking Benny and trust that if Maeve has a problem she wants me to help with, she will communicate that to me. But I still can't shake this nagging feeling about disliking my best friend's soon-to-be life partner. Even after writing all of this out, I still feel so confused and I'm genuinely worried that I'm just a bad friend. If there's any insight or musing you both have on this, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for reading this, and I wish you all the best. Sincerely, Bad Friend. Oh, thank you, Bad Friend, for writing to us. Um, I want to just start by saying you're not a bad friend. (laughs) Oh, my God, no. 
you clearly care about Maeve uh, and want the best for her and want happiness in her life. Um, And the fact that you don't like her partner doesn't make you a bad friend. It just makes you a human who is or has to sometimes be around people that they don't like. And, and that is okay and understandable. And, you know, I think Sierra and I want to help love and support you in this um, while also recognizing how challenging it is to, um, you know, love somebody so deeply and want the best for them and also look at their best and say like, this, this is it. This is what you have chosen as the thing that you would like to (laughs) find happiness in, right? Like the, the absolute discomfort in that. Um, So we're going to get into some advice and some thoughts in just a second. But before we do that, we are going to take a short break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like use the middle person. Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this letter. As Sam said, you are not a bad friend. You are absolutely not a bad friend. And before we dive into the meat of our letter, um, or of, of our advice, I mean, um, and before we dive into the actual like meat of our advice, I just want to take a quick aside and say it is totally okay to feel complicated about a wedding, you know? The wedding mm. culture that we are in right now is one of like, oh my God, this is the most romantic, most important day of your life, even if it's someone else's wedding and it's all good vibes or whatever. You know, there's like a thousand Instagram reels out there of just people crying at weddings from happiness. <laughs> Love that. But you know what? There isn't, there's not a thousand reels of people crying at weddings because they are unhappy, you know, or I a mean, reel of yes, somebody <laughs> <laughs> or a reel of somebody being like, man, I fucking hate the groom or whatever. But let me tell you, I know that exists. We are way too complicated and mismatched of a human species for that not so to true. exist. Like it probably exists more than all the happy f feelings. Just a reminder, just because we don't see them, just because we don't showcase these sort of experiences doesn't mean they are your abnormal or a bad friend or anything um mm -hmm. also i just want to say this is a really hard experience you know to be in it's it it is emotionally challenging um i've been in your shoes before i a close friend of mine dated somebody that i didn't like for a long time no, it's not sam or spencer so don't do Great. like sleuthing <laughs> i mean it was me you, i did date someone you didn't like so that oh my god also makes that sense. was actually very hard <laughs> but <laughs> I was too messy to care. You know, like I was my own yeah. chaotic bisexual, you know, dumpster fire. So it was like, oh man, look at this <laughs> other dumpster fire that my friend is dating, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like like but, calls to like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like a moth to a moth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, it's, it's emotionally challenging because you've got this person, this intimate person, this history with this person, You've got this friend group and then you have this one, you know, it's almost like a splinter of a person where you're like, man, just it would be so much better if this person wasn't here, make my thumb hurt or like being annoying or whatever. Um, and it also runs deeper than that because I know when it comes to friendships and, you know, partner friendship incompatibilities, it also makes you look at your friend differently. Like, I remember feeling like, what do you see in this person? Am mm -hmm. I reading you, my friend, wrong, you know? Mm. Um, so it, it's just confusing. And it's emotionally confusing because you don't necessarily have anywhere to put your feelings in an effective or productive way. For and 
So your confusion is valid. Your complicated feelings are valid. And at the same time, I'm probably going to tell you the same or vaguely the same advice as your friend, your therapist, and your partner, which is you can't really, I would advise not to say anything to your friend Maeve, mostly because this is your friend of 20 years. This is a relationship that you have obviously been truly invested in, that you that you have a vision for your future with this person. Mm. And man, you run such a tall, tall, tall risk of really not just hurting your partner, your, not just hurting your friend, their feelings, but really complicating or altering the dynamic between you and them. Um, I just don't that I don't see a way in which that is a productive sharing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that this is. I think that your friends are right. That like this is something that you're gonna have to figure out for yourself because. I don't think it serves you or Maeve super well for you to tell her that you don't like Benny, right? Like, I don't think it solves, I don't think it solves the problem that's here. Like, I I, I think it's actually going to like make things worse in a lot of ways. And I, and I understand the idea of like, you know, you want to be seen by your best friend and, and have her know that like, you know, Benny talks too much and you don't like that about them or you didn't like how Benny decided to impose polyamory on Maeve. Um, and I think, you know, I do think that there might be some fodder for curiosity in this, in your sort of relationship with Maeve around like, you know, how are you feeling about polyamory now that, you know, it's been three years and and I know that you were really resistant to it at first and you didn't like how it was kind of imposed on you. Like, how do you feel about it now? Like, what's, what are you, what are you grappling with? What are you thinking about? Right. Or, you know, um, you know, I've noticed that you sometimes cut Benny off when they're kind of on like a long conversation about stuff. Like, how does that land on you? Like, how do you feel about that? Can I be helpful for you in some way mm-hmm. to help redirect the conversation or, or like whatever it might be? Like, I think that there's definite fodder for you to talk about some of the things that you're noticing about Maeve's relationship with Benny. But I don't think that you saying, I don't like Benny, (laughs) is like gonna create like a healthy and constructive way of you sort of dealing with the fact that your part or your best friend is picking a partner that you don't particularly like. So, um, I want you to approach this with curiosity and it, and it is honestly reminding me of what Sierra and I just talked about in the last episode with my friend who told me that thing around like this, the idea that you have about how things should go would work really well for you. That doesn't mean that it's going to work really well for Maeve, right? Like, yes, I can see that you wouldn't be getting married to Benny, right? Like I'm seeing that if Benny did the same thing with you and you were in relationship uh, around the polyamory that like you would be upset and that would be a deal breaker for you. And that doesn't mean that that's true for Maeve. It might be true for Maeve that she, in fact, it is true for Maeve. Like I believe Maeve that she loves this person, that she wants to be with them, right? Like that, that this person is the person that she wants to spend her life with. And, and like, just because it's different from what you would want for her, doesn't mean that it's a bad decision. Doesn't mean that there's something wrong with it. And and I want you to be able to trust your friend enough to say, I don't understand you fully because we're not the same person, but I trust that you are capable of making good decisions for yourself, even if yeah. I don't understand them as somebody who's not you, right? Like I want you to be able to hold that love and trust 
for Maeve in a way that's going to be supportive of the fact that you are, at the end of the day, two separate people who have different opinions, feelings, decisions about what you want your lives to look like. Yeah. I'm interested also, I, I love the exercise of trusting Maeve. Um, and I know that it's hard to like sit in your trust when like, you know, how about this? Your trust of Maeve and her ability to forgive and love and desire Benny is entirely separate of your actual enjoyment of him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If we compartmentalize our feelings, your trust of Maeve, your your fostering, culture, cultivating a healthy relationship with this person you love has nothing to do with Benny, even though you have to interact with him at the same time. Like, it's it's confusing. I understand why you are emotionally confused. Um, I want to, like, reframe a couple things. First, and this is just maybe, like, my morbid sense of time <laughs> and impermanence that's coming out right now. But you say like, Oh my God, this is their life partner. Um, we, we, nothing is promised to us. Uh, nothing is a guarantee. And this, we are always only in a current moment. You know, this is, this is only the way it is right now. I think our anxiety loves to revel in the permanence of things of, oh my God, it's going to be awful forever. I'm going to hate Benny forever. I'm going to have to listen to his stupid, I'm going to hate Benny forever. I'm going to have to listen to their stupid, you know, medieval facts forever. Uh, and this will always be like this. You know, we also get caught up in, in, in good always. Maeve will always be my friend. Maeve will always be in my life. Uh, Maeve will always want to be with Benny. There are a lot of unknowns here. Um, and I, 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 this is probably coming off as morbid or like anti-romantic. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The, this is just a small exercise to remind yourself like this is the way it is right now. And it's probably not going to be like this forever. Something will give. Something will change. And I'm not talking about Benny magically disappearing from your life and then your life continuing as though they never existed. <laughs> you know, like I'm just saying time changes everything. And so if you're, if you're, it sounds like if you've talked to your friend, your partner, your therapist and two strangers from the internet, it sounds like a lot of what you're struggling with right now is the lack of control, the lack of, you know, the, the just general discomfort, the general frustration. They're like, man, this person's stuck in my life. You know, this is why I'm offering this small redirector or, or perspective shift of just like, this is the way it is now. It's not going to be like this forever. I don't know what it's going to be like in the future, but right now it's uncomfortable. And right now I am frustrated. And right now I'm not looking forward to the wedding. And right now I can't access my gratitude for this person who makes my other favorite person so happy, you know? Um, the other thing I want to offer is, uh, can you, and maybe your partner, yeah, your partner, not, not your therapist, maybe your friend, if, if your friend knows Benny, I want you to, I want you to talk um, like an outsider about what Benny brings to 
your friend's life? What what does Benny bring in this relationship? Why does Maeve love Benny? Right? And don't I don't want you to answer it from the from the friend perspective. I don't want to answer it from your experience of Benny. If anything, I want you to let go of the polyamory experience, you know, because it sounds like Maeve is has settled into that lifestyle and is really happy mm-hmm. there. Um, yep. Did it unfold in a way that like was not ideal and probably a little bit unhealthy? Yes, but yeah, sounds that we way. have to trust. <laughs> we have to trust that Maeve has forgiven and decided to move on for their own reasons, you know. But what I'm wondering is what does Maeve bring? Uh, what does Benny bring Maeve? What, where does she rest in their love? You know, mm. I have recently in the last couple seasons of my life, humbled myself the fuck out <laughs> by just trying to remind myself that other people get different things from other people, you know, and, mm. and in that humbling, I can see other people's gifts and I hear it in your letter. You say, Sierra, Sam, I've tried really fucking hard to like this person and I just fucking can't. <laughs> so I know you've Check. done this. I know you've done this. This is just a small perspective shift or exercise that maybe you can try to do that might offer you a different perspective. If not, my bad. Fast forward through this episode and never do <laughs> it again. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, so, you know, things that Willow brings to my life are... um Stability, support, humor, companionship, mm. hotness. <laughs> babosity, I would call it. Yeah, babosity. <laughs> um, you know, a sense of family and a sense of belonging. And those things really matter to me. Do they mm. matter to Sam in the same way? I don't know. I'm not in Sam's body. Things that that Peter bring. What what does Peter bring you that maybe we wouldn't see on this on a friend level? You know what I mean. Mm, kindness, uh, compassion, uh, a willingness to go the extra mile, uh, stability. You know that's, a, that's a great <laughs> answer, just from out the bat, as they say uh-huh. in season as one. They say, yeah. Um, <laughs> Because I wouldn't, as one of your closest friends, I would never be like, oh, Sam looks for kindness. You know, Sam, Sam is a person who needs kindness. Like, I wouldn't describe you that way. Not, not in, That's real. There's no de- like, I don't mean it in a detrimental way, but yep. like, I would be like, oh, Sam is really smart. They really like intelligent conversations and, you know, they like to dance. You know, that's, that's me as a friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't be mm-hmm. like, Sam is looking for a really kind partner, you know, but, mm-hmm. but Peter brings kindness to your life. Yeah. He and brings I, compassion. I need kindness. Uh, yeah. you know, like I think kindness is something that's hard for me to access for myself. Uh, and I think, I think Peter brings it in ways that I absolutely needed and didn't know that I needed until I met yeah. him. But <laughs> this isn't about me. This is about <laughs> This is about Maeve and Penny. <laughs> That's just an illustration, though, of, you know, we don't know what other people are getting from their relationships. We mm-hmm. don't know unless we are in their bodies, in their mind, in their history, in their relationships. We don't know. And what what makes sense to me, what I'm getting from your letter is like, I don't like Benny and I don't like some of the things they have done to Maeve. And that is really reasonable. That and makes also they sound a ton annoying. of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, sounds annoying. Mm-hmm. And 
And there are things that you may not be able to see, touch, experience, or understand that you are, that Maeve gets from Benny. And maybe that's mm-hmm. what we need to settle on. Not, I need to get to a place where I like Benny or I accept Benny. But instead, yep. you need to get to a place where you can say, I accept that my experience of Benny has nothing to do with Maeve's experience of Benny. Yep, I accept absolutely. that I will, I may never understand what sh- she sees in Benny. Yep. And that's, and that, that's the acceptance. Yep. And that choosing to have Maeve in my life also means that I am choosing to have Benny in my life, right? Like, it's kind of like an opportunity cost. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That like, that what I'll tell you is this, is that when I had a friend who started dating somebody that I didn't like, I had a long conversation with my therapist, you know, because my friend and I had like even gotten into a fight about this person. Like the first like actual fight that I think the two of us have ever had of like, I I was like, I know this person. I don't like this person. Why are you dating this person? And they were like, I get to decide what I'm going to do with myself. Right. Like I, I, I don't know this person in the same way that you do. So like, I'm going to decide. And I had a conversation with my therapist where I was like, I was similar to you, I think was like, I'm so frustrated. I don't want this person in my life. And now they're going to be in my life. And like, I feel like he doesn't trust that I know enough about this person. All of these different things were coming up. And what I had to have a conversation with my therapist was about was like, is this worth ending this friendship that you've had for this many years because you don't want to have to deal with this person, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, in the, at the end of the day, I don't get to decide who my friend is dating. I said my piece and my friend was like, that's it. Like, I, I, I hear you. And I also don't, I'm not taking that advice. <laughs> right. So I had to decide, like, is it worth it for me to like stand my ground so much that I alienate this friend of mine? Or mm-hmm. is it more important for me to put up with the fact that I don't like this person because it means that I still get to have my friend in my life? And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I made the decision to have this friend in my life. And then what I had to do is I had to commit to that decision. <laughs> like I had to mm-hmm. be like, I am actively choosing to continue my friendship with this person because it is deeply important to me. And part of that means that I then have to have this person I don't like in my life. And I can make decisions about how I interact with that person. I can show them kindness. I can I can walk out of the room if they're doing something that I don't like, right? I can talk to Peter about the fact that I still don't like this person and I don't like the way that he's doing things, right? But I am actively choosing. It is my decision to be friends with this friend that I've had for this many years and have this person in my life because I can't separate those two things from each other. I had to pick and I, and I, and then I had to commit to that picking and remind myself I'm actively choosing this, right? This has not been thrust upon me. I have choices here. I could choose not to have this person in my life and I could choose to not be friends with this friend, but I'm choosing because I love this friend so much to, to, to be in friendship with them, to, to continue to be part of their life, even with this other person in it. And that honestly gave me much more perspective to be like, okay, so then how am I going to deal with this fact as opposed to railing against the fact that it's happening, right? Yeah. This person's in my life and he's going to be in my life. How do I find ways to make inroads with him? Or how do I find ways to extract myself when he's around? Like there were lots of different gives and takes and and it was worth it because I I needed I needed this friend of mine to be my friend in because it was important to me because I love him and and wanted him to be part of my life for forever. Yeah, 
Absolutely. This is hard. This is hard. We are not in it, so we can mm-hmm. talk about it <laughs> intellectually. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Um, this is tiring. It's isolating. It's confusing. And it's even a little bit sad. There's, there's sadness so sad. in here. But it yep. doesn't make you a bad friend. And in fact, Sam and I know that you can commit to being a great friend by exercising some of these perspective shifts that Sam and I have offered by, you know, committing to this friendship, um, by finding healthy, productive outlets for some of your discontent and, you know, letting yourself leave the room, letting yourself say to Maeve, you know, I'd really love some one-on-one time or, you know, how can you invest in that friendship? Not you know, avoiding Benny, but really fostering what you already have, the foundation of that great friendship. Mm. Um, This is all tricky and we love you and we really hope this helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in more content from us, or if you would like to get ad-free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things uh, by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and music. And remember, it's okay if somebody's person isn't your person. And it's okay if that's really hard for you to deal with. It doesn't make you a bad friend. doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person with complicated feelings. You can feel complicated. You can feel confused. You are capable of feeling that discontent and choosing healthy relationships, healthy communication, and your friend. And if all else fails... Just break up.